I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors by actors. Brought to you by Book It. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Before the Break. This week, we're very excited about our guest. She's been on Broadway, TV, and film. She's had recurring roles on such shows as Gotham, Power, The Deuce, and Dietland. She's also appeared on Bull, Blue Bloods, and on Fosse Verdon. She played the one and only Debbie Allen. Please welcome to the show, Kelsey Griffin. Hello. Kelsey, let's not forget, welcome. And and my son, he's he'll pop up a couple times because if he sees me standing here, he'll want to be held. So I love it. I love Same it. with my dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're you're breathing. Why are you not holding me? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yes. You're awake. Why am I not getting attention? <laughs> yes. Uh, All the time. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. Happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Adam, where do we begin? Where the pain Where do started, we begin? Right? <laughs> Kelsey, where are you right now? <laughs> I'm actually currently in Los Angeles. LA, okay. Lovely. You are originally yeah, from Chicago, right? That is correct. I'm originally born and raised in Chicago, um, and then I lived in uh, New York for, I don't know, 15 years, maybe? Something like that. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's start at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Born and raised. Born and raised in Chicago. Um, you want my beginning in this crazy world? Um, well, what, what, was, it, what was it like? Were you, were you in the city proper? Um, I did. I grew up in the city of Chicago, Hyde Park um, area, until yep. about uh, fifth grade. Is that right? Yeah, fifth grade. And then we moved to the suburbs. Um, but you know, like I went to like, I did like fun, cool. I love Chicago. I really do. If it weren't so cold there, I would live there. I think I it's a That's wonderful, everyone wonderful says. city. <laughs> yeah. I know like, so many people. I just people... could never go back. Recurring <laughs> theme on this show is so many people we've had on here are Chicago people. And you know, whether they go to New York or wherever, they're like, yeah, it's cold here, but it's not Chicago cold. Because no, us New Yorkers no. are like, oh my God, it's Chicago freezing. And they're cold, like, eh. Chicago cold is <laughs> maybe in a, in a straight month out of the year. It's it's cold in like December. It's cold in March. But we're talking about January, February, where it's a type of cold that as you're getting to your door after like a long walk from your car, your eyes are starting to freeze just a little bit. And and you're just, yes. the, the expletives that are just pouring out of your face. And, and every time, every winter it was for five winters, I was like, last year, this is the last year. This is the last year. But then spring hits and it's the most beautiful place. And how could you not love yep. it? But, you know, onto, yep. onto bigger and warmer things, I said, I suppose. Yes, I, I completely, uh, that's, and that's, that's honestly, in Chicago, it's fine. Like when I was a kid, it was fine. Cause like, this is where we live, right? This is what, I didn't know there was anywhere else. So, but right. once I left and then like the thought of going back, like is, yeah. mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. I, I, I think that, um, I will say the one thing about Chicago that is better than New York, as far as weather wise, it is colder there, but you can at least hop in your car. It's not so much of a walking city, depending on where you live. 
Um, so you can hop in your warm car. You don't have to like sludge the snow to the subway, you know, like that right. got brutal after a while. That So New York awful. has its own challenges, but, but anyway, well, um, well, so yeah, Chicago it, born and raised in Hyde Park. Right. And, and, and as someone who w- was probably interested in the arts and performing, were you getting a chance to do what you could with where you were? Yeah, I um, was very fortunate, actually. My parents were very much like, you like this? Okay, we love it. Let's go. Um, what did so they do there for was a lots living? Of... My dad is an engineer, and my mom at the time, was a... she was a regional vice president for Starbucks. See, you've got oh. corporate and you've got engineer. <laughs> That's very rare where they're like, go, art, uncertainty. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> and me, me and my, my brother is a painter and I'm an artist. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think maybe they uh, had, um, I'm sure they had fulfilling careers, but maybe when they saw that you had an interest that everybody wants to create something, no matter who you are, maybe they thought we don't want to deprive someone of that and force them into something like a corporate life if that wasn't for them. Yeah. I, I think, I think just they had a holistic mind of like, I would never want to force them into, so you know, like, yes, were they scared? Of course. When I told my dad and I think I was eighth grade and I proclaimed that like, this is what I wanted to do. And he was like, okay. Like there was always that like, okay, well maybe let's do a backup type of thing or like have this. So I think every parent naturally wants to kind of put, put that in there, but he saw how passionate I was. And he's like, I knew that, you know, this is just what you're going to do. So why would I, you know, yeah. Um, it was actually quite, they're actually quite lovely and super supportive, even as a grown up, grown person. That's yes, amazing. Buddy. Can you tell us his name so, again? Because I just, I, I totally this is forgot. Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. And you can't see him unless, unless you're watching one of the like YouTube videos or something. But I mean, let's face it, Adam, we're never going to have a kid. <laughs> never gonna happen <laughs> my kid is my dog <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah he's Kelsey, a charmer so okay let's yes. let's talk about the first like steps of of whatever you were doing in chicago was it in high school was it more towards college i know you went to the university of michigan um mm-hmm. where did things kind of begin for you where it was kind of starting to take shape so I, yes, I went to, before University of Michigan, I actually went to the Performing Arts High School in Chicago, Chicago Academy for the Arts, um, right. which is a carbon copy of, of fame. Like it's, it was very, it's got that old, it's like in an old historic building. It was like kind of run down. Like it was very, um, it was, I went to fame for high school, which was freaking awesome. And how crazy is it that one day you'd play freaking Debbie Allen on TV? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it like was, how crazy it was, is that? I know, I know. That's a whole other. That was a very mind blowing kind of uh, experience. But um, yeah, so we, um, I went to performing arts high school from after eighth grade. It was wonderful. I spent four years there, um, and that's kind of you know they. It was a. I was a musical theater major and a dance minor. Um, so I did everything, and it was you did you know your schooling, your regular school during the day, and then the afternoon was all arts, and then after that was rehearsal for whatever musical you were doing. So I'm a total musical theater nerd. Like it's what I love. I I just you know it, I'm a musical theater nerd at heart. Is sure. that did you think Kelsey that that was the route it was going to be stage musical theater New York was film and TV ever kind of in the picture? Not really. No, 
I was very much because I, you know, in like middle school, you know, we did plays and choir and stuff. So it was always like, I always just loved being on stage. So, um, I, there was, it wasn't like, no, I'm never doing TV, but it wasn't like, it was definitely I was like, Oh, Broadway. Oh, this, Oh, stage, Oh, theater. Just cause that's what I, you know, I did. Right. So, right. Um, what, what were the kind of forms of resistance at that point where, you know, you were in high school, were you getting the role? Were you kind of lower on the totem pole? Was it pretty easy? Did you know, oh man, this is going to be a cinch. I'm going to go into college and kill it. <laughs> it actually kind of was uh, reverse. In high school, I was getting all the roles. I was like, you know, I got to play like the lead. Okay, so you were okay. So, you were yes, okay. Um, in high school, I felt like I was. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. High school no, was awesome. I, 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 I know. You just, you're just the star. You get all, I got, you know, a couple of leads. And yeah. um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, high school. And then the transition to college was much more abrupt. It, it was the University of Michigan. And that was, like, right at the time where it was getting, like, super popular and, like, trendy. Right? Like, you know, because it, it, when I was there, it kind of reached that, like, trendy popular place you know like it was very much like the it musical theater school to go to if you wanted to be on broadway right is it had all the connection it had all the alumni conservatory, kelsey is that like the, the musical conservatory in michigan or is it just acting what is it no it is the the musical theater program in in the um music the school of music dance and theater Right. They had a musical theater program, and that program was just getting very popular when I when I uh, came. It was always big, like it's always a legacy. But I feel like because of the internet and because of social media, like it really, really morphed into something else that it, the entity that it is now. When I was there, um, so I did, I knew it was a good school, but I didn't know that it was like the top musical theater program. Um, huh. So you also didn't know was, that it had worse worse winters than Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> true, that's very true. I yeah, some of that was. I remember that snow. Like it was oh, you're just like glutton for brutal. the cold, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It, I that's why I'm out in LA right now because I just I was like I don't need any more snow in my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it was it was competitive. It was very competitive. It was a. Um, it wasn't cutthroat competitive, but it was still very competitive. And, you know, I was just, I enjoyed my time there, but it definitely was eye-opening. And I guess kind of, you know, primed me for the real world, right? Like, you're not going to get the lead. Though. You're not going to be the star. Like, you're going to be doing the grunt work, you know? So, I, I it definitely was a re <laughs> reversal. Yes, that's a puppy. It was a reversal from high school for me. Yeah. So. And um, so as you're approaching the end of your tenure there, yeah. you have questions. Do you, are you freaking out? Do you know exactly where you're going to go? Were there, were there, um, uh, what is it called, Adam? They always have it at the end of a college thing. Showcase. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like a showcase. Yeah, showcase. What was the mm -hmm. vibe like that you were kind of piecing out of there? Um, it was very scary because, again, with, like, those programs, in your mind at that time, your, your barometer of if you're going to be successful is if you get a summer job, if you're able to do summer theater, like work mm. at uh, the Muni. I don't know if you ever heard the Muni of St. Louis. Um, it's a huge, like, one of the biggest summer stocks in the world. It's a huge, huge 
So like the Muni and, and PCLO and, and all these like smaller regional re- regional theaters were like, if you booked one of those throughout the summer, you were going to be on Broadway. So if you didn't, you might not be on Broadway. <laughs> and I Isn't that so I crazy? Like when you're in the school system and people are like, oh, if, you know, they they set you up to go, oh, well, that didn't happen, I guess. Nothing's going to happen because my yeah. professor said it's sort of like it's sort of yeah. like in Chicago in improv. If you were at I.O., they're like, if you can make a Herald team um, or you don't. And you never get to SNL ever. And if mm-hmm. you don't make Herald mm-hmm. team, you have no hope. And it's like all these 22 yeah. year olds are like, oh, I got I got dropped. And then it's like, well, I may as well go into, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So Terrible. I so it was so I, I moved to New York City. Um, without, I wasn't in the union. I wasn't in uh, Actors Equity, and I didn't have an agent, and I didn't really have any credits. I had kind of nothing. And coming from Michigan and the reputation that it had, it was like, oh, honey, poor thing. Like you are going to be a waiter for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> it was oh one of those. Like, it was just absolutely, in hindsight, just ridiculous. Uh, now, so. were you like, you know, when you're done with college and you're about to move somewhere, there is that instinctual excitement right that you're going to start this whole new chapter of your life now were you on the one side going well i'm kind of moving there blindly because i'm not equity i don't have representation i'm a little scared or were you like i'm going to new york city i'm so excited and i'm gonna figure it out when i get there I think it was a little bit of both. I think because we did have a showcase. So there, even though it's like, I didn't have my card and whatever, there was still this possibility of like, okay, someone could see me in my showcase, right? Everyone came to the Michigan showcase in the day, back in the day. Like it was a huge to do. And, you know, as the start of the summer happened in New York. So I think I was hopeful. Um, I was very hopeful, but also just like, okay, this is the, it was, but that's still like, you're kind yes. So, yeah, so I was hopeful. I was um, also, I think, because you're still on that high, you don't realize in hindsight now that I'm so many years away from that. It's like you still have no responsibilities, right? You're still just like, okay, sure, I'm going to go to New York. There's no consequences. There's no repercussions from you just kind of like going for it, right? Like it was such a just, I enjoyed it, but there's parts of me that wish I could have enjoyed it more now that like I'm a parent and there are real responsibilities because. What a time! Like in moving to New York City, we were I was I moved in with one of my best friends from college. We got our own apartment. Like you know, it was we lived like up in Harlem with like our first one was like you know mice were running around you know like a piece yeah. of shit and um but it was still like you just have no responsibilities. You're responsible for your rent and like that's it. Like don't starve. You know like those yeah. are the only things you have to do. Um. So it was quite a special, special time. It's supposed to be like that first year or two. Oh, my God. I remember moving from Southern California, and I always wanted to live in New York, and I went to Circle in the Square, and our class was just – oh, no, there was like 13 of us, and it was just – it was instant best friends. Everyone in the class. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. And we just did everything together, and it was like the best year of my life. Yep, yep. I I, that high of moving to New York with new surroundings – no responsibility. Yeah. Like, I mean, got to go to class, but you know, and then all these new friends, it was just so incredible. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's why I felt stepping into the city for the first time. I, I did get an agent after showcase. Um, but again, it was, it was, I just, my, it's just, it was such like a barom, like, oh, well, how many agents did she, were interested in you? You know, I was like, right. I had like one and a half, <laughs> like one was interested in me and like one half was like, eh, maybe. So like, I went with the one that I got, it was like, sure. But I still had no equity card. I still had no job to, you know, so they couldn't even really submit me for stuff because I wasn't part of the union. So I had to do a lot of hustling on my own. That was back in the day when you had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to sign your name up on the equity, oh my God. on the non-union equity You're list. Living, my heart started in the lobby. <laughs> Sit outside in, winter, in the cold, and you're just in winter waiting oh for them God. to open up the Ripley Greer or whatever, and then you're standing in the like standing there. You sign your name up on this piece of notebook paper, and then the monitor comes at ten o'clock, and it's like. Oh, uh, we're not seeing equity or uh, non-equity today, and like rips up your notebook paper. Glad, <laughs> glad I called like... off my morning shift. <laughs> Do you think those people walk it into the building insane. and go, "Are these non-X fucking crazy?" It is twenty-seven degrees outside. <laughs> Absolutely, and now everything's freaking virtual. Nobody has to get up. No one has to leave the comfort of their home. Like, they don't know. These kids don't know. <laughs> These don't kids know. today. <laughs> they don't know. Oh, my God. Maybe there's that one thing, one thing in actors that, like, built them and it sustained them. And it's it all just traces back to fucking EPAs. And if you didn't do it, then you're just never going to have, like, the strength of character ever. You know, that's the thing that you have. To I do. swear to God, it's one of the reasons why I'm still in this business. Because, like, that gives right. you the thickest fucking skin ever. Literally, I remember one of those days my roommate and I got up at 3 a.m. We got down to Ripley Gloria at 4 a.m. You're on the subway and it's cold and you're sitting in the lobby and the lobby's not heated, right? So you're just, you might as well be outside. And just, it was, and then like you, then, then it was also, sometimes they didn't tear up the list automatically. Sometimes it was like, well, we might be seeing non-union today. So then you sit around all day until two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and then they tell you they're not seeing non-equity. And so... You're so right, though. It weeds out the weak links, you know? It's... Oh, my gosh. It's... Yeah, I believe and, and, that. And don't you think, Kels, like, those 4 a.m. days and whatever the equivalent of it was in film and TV in your whole time, mm-hmm. sort of, mm-hmm. if you ever questioned if you did everything you could do, you really couldn't because you knew you had those 4 a.m.s, those... You know, calling yep. off a shift just just to hit an audition, whatever, and and it's kind yep. of the or showing up late no. because right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. I yeah. I definitely think it built something in me that is still the reason why you know I'm standing here today, and it's not much easier than it was. You know, it's just different. It's not much easier. You know, well, but, your brain goes if I can do that. Yeah, 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 totally. I used to get up at three in the morning. You know what I mean? To like just yep. n- without even the guarantee. Of being seen. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. hardcore it was. And that's it's how like, much you love. I'm it. getting up that early when it's that cold. I don't even know if I'm gonna be seen today. Yeah. That if is there, if there's the a answer. if there's a if there's a test of like if you're there for the right reason, it's it's that. It's that stuff. And it's not just EPA, it's everything. It's it's the darkest yep. of, of moments that you just keep pressing on. And and of course, this is who you are now, and whether you're an actor or anything else your character is strong because of this 
this thing that you did. So absolutely, there's no there's no coincidence that 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 actors who are kind of at a level went through this the shitstorm. Mm-hmm. You know? So, mm-hmm. um, okay, well, shall we jump? Let's jump to when things maybe will get a little easier. When, when did, when did you <laughs> feel like you were kind of floating down the river rather than swimming upstream? Did you experience any of those crazy, like, Oh my God, I got a booking from this or what? Yeah. So I guess, um, if I had to pin so my first, my first job that I got actually wasn't non-equity house that my agent negotiated for me to get my equity card so he like did his job and i got an equity card from this non-union house um so that was kind of like okay that's a nice little win Mm -hmm. um and And it's those little wins that keeps you going it's those little things absolutely like oh you're like oh i'm gonna be equity now a step closer yeah Yes. Yes. So that was like a huge, a huge win. Um, and then, then the next like four or five years, it was the, you know, the regional theaters. I was traveling a lot. Um, I got my first union tour was dream girls. Um, they did that, re- that remake it. It started at the Apollo, um, and I got that it was on tour and that was like magical. Can you, can you it talk actually- about the, the moments leading up to it, the days or weeks or whatever? We love hearing about how that all happened when you had the thing, what was before? Sure. So I remember it was just a one day cause it was an immediate replacement. And so they had a one day audition and actually I remember the call and my, one of my friends was actually on the tour. So I kind of had a little bit of like, he had like prepped the dance captain that like I was going to be there. Um, but so I remember the, the call and I remember saying there was probably like 12 girls and um, we got down and they started whittling away and whittling away and whittling away. It was all day affair. And then it was the end. And um it was between me and actually a girl that I went to school with. It was between the two of us. And um, they told, they don't do this anymore, but I think they told me like that day, like they came out and like told me that I booked it. That's so non-kosher oh anymore. <laughs> I don't do that. Um, and that was like, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? Um, I just, that was one of the big, the best days. I remember that so well. It was, it was Ripley Greer. Um, and I remember the hallway. I remember the studio. Like I remember the moment. Uh, um, but before that, I probably. And you know what? <laughs> you're, yeah, you're I was rushing to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ladies. remember I had to go though to my job. I was a hostess at a restaurant and meatpacking, and so I remember you were beaming I was like, that day. I have they walked to in go. and they were yes. like, "She's so nice." You were like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, I Kelsey remember that. I was no trying to get to my today. job. <laughs> I know, I know. I actually worked at a really kick-ass restaurant in meatpacking that treated me really well for like five or six years. I loved, I loved going oh, there. Good. That's good. Um, but yeah, so I was, like, it was just kind of like that. I was on the the shuffle of the auditions and the calls and blah blah blah, and then this one finally stuck. So yeah, and then I left like a week later, I think, and I just started dating my now husband, and so I was like. Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> we had 
Oh, welcome dating. to dating an actor. <laughs> Bye. And your life yeah. came together in something shy of a month. I mean, in terms of your first break, the ma- the man of your dreams, mm-hmm. all that stuff happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the floodgates sometimes open after a drought of nothing, you know, and and sometimes yeah. people's lives change in the same week and everything falls through. It happens. And I know people that this happens to, and it gives a lot of inspiration to those people that are are experiencing droughts. Um, And it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Did you know, did you feel that kind of electricity where like you met this awesome guy, you got this thing, you're like, okay, well, I think this was the right move to come here and pursue this. Yeah, it did. It did very much feel like kismet, but I also, that was after like, a year and a half, maybe two years of being in New York and not booking anything and showing up at EPAs. Like it was, you know, and, and, and that, and that tour was awesome, but then it got canceled. So I was only on the road for three months when it was supposed to be like this open-ended extravaganza. Right. So, and you know, that um, does happen when you book a pilot or whatever, and it doesn't, it doesn't go through and you're like, it's like that, well, this is done. I can't believe that I was given this carrot or whatever, but that's just part of it. Shows canceled. That's TV part shows of it. Don't, get, yep. don't get through to the fourth episode. You know, that just happens. Yes. Part of yes. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what was I, after that? You're testing my mom brain right now. Um, what was after that? I... I went back to the restaurant. <laughs> I, I no, and I did. I went back. They let me come back. I, I right. did. I went back to that restaurant. Um, and I, you know, now that I have my equity card and the national tour on on the books, that was great. I did some really awesome regional gigs. Um, one of my favorites was out in Portland, Oregon. I, I, it's one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world. Um, I did that. I did regional i was just like okay well now we're back to regional land you know like this is what we do we pop around i was gone for a couple months here a couple months there um i just was trying to stack those those credits because i knew that also was a thing you have to keep going you can't just oh it's broadway or bus right you have to keep doing these things that you might you might not love leaving the city all the time but you know it's fun and it builds you get to travel and so um i think the big thing i got after that was the national tour of memphis oh um yeah that was uh yeah i landed that also in the same kind of fashion i had been in for memphis was one of the first shows i auditioned for still in college i remember a bunch of us flew to new york because they invited us to an audition and that was sergio and i was very afraid of that man um and he's he's brilliant but i've never been more terrified of a human being in my life um and so i got that um he was just he just had he has one of those presents like he's just you just don't he demands excellence he demands perfection there is no room for mistakes um and so i was just very intimidated always and i probably went in for memphis broadway and tour probably five or six times before i ended up getting it yeah yeah i went in for that show a lot um and it was one of those like immediate replacements. We need someone now and they needed them to do a lot of things. And so I was one of the, in the ensemble and then I understudied the female lead. Um, so yeah, that was my next big thing. So I was like, okay. And I was on Memphis for almost a year. We toured for almost a year. Wow. I closed it. Yeah. I closed that oh my show. Gosh. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's one of so. those things at a certain point in your career, like you said, having all those credits isn't going to hurt you. In fact, you know, and then maybe when you, when it is your time for Broadway, it's like, well, look at all the stuff I have on my resume. I've been on all these tours. You can't say I can't yeah. do it. You know what I mean? It just, it helps yep. you. Yep. So People have to trust in, you. Where are you in your exactly. timeline here in, in New York? How many years? I've been in the city probably five or five or six years now at this point. And are you going out for film and TV too, or is it you're just doing theater? And no, I was still just doing theater. I I I think I had like probably at that point my track record. I probably had one TV audition a year. At that, like me, I think I was going in every every once a year for TV, and it wasn't even a thought. It was just like, okay, I'll go. Like you know, sure, I'll sure whatever. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing like it still hadn't like hit me that maybe I should, it still was just like, okay, sure. I can go in for this. But yeah, once, once a year for sure. At that moment, there was still nothing that was, was clicking to me that it was going to be a part of my journey. It was still just like Broadway or bust. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, so eventually well, you did get to Broadway, right? I, I did get to Broadway. Yes. Uh, about five, six years total into my New York journey. I, um, after I closed Memphis, I said, okay, I'm not going, I do not want to tour. I'm going to take a break from being on the road. And I got a workshop of a show called Bullets Over Broadway with uh, Susan Stroman and Woody Allen um, based off of the movie. They turned mm -hmm. it into a musical. Um, and so I got the workshop of that. And so I did that workshop for like six weeks over a summer and then again, that was still, I had no guarantee that I was going to be in the Broadway production. It was just like, we'll see, blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. then I finally probably got the call, like probably a month or two, maybe even longer, that I booked the Broadway production. And so I was babysitting at the time. I remember, I remember the children I was babysitting for. I dropped uh, them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was babysitting at the time. That was another part-time job I picked up throughout my New York, my New York days. Um, and yeah, and then I, then I, I booked my first Broadway show and it was absolutely the uh, quintessential, like I was a Susan Stroman showgirl. It was like this high profile. So Zach Braff was, in, was the lead <laughs> and, um, it was, it was magical. We, our opening night was at the Met. That's where the party was. It was oh like, my God. it was, it was literally like one of those like okay this was all like this was all worth it we got to wear gowns and i i really and i love those girls still to this day it was a magical experience for my first broadway show working actors deserve affordable and convenient coaching that's why we created book it america's fastest growing one-on-one -on -one remote acting coach service all from your device we're not just coaches we're working actors too from broadway and voiceover animation to tv film and commercial real actor coaching from real actors catered especially to you and your path anytime anywhere we're here to train you to guide you to prepare you to book it for more information, visit workingactorpro.com slash book it. Let me, let me uh, ask you this. As, as things are picking up, what were the struggles in those five, six years, the audition room? Um, maybe it wasn't poverty because you had a pretty consistent employment in the side job uh, arena. But um, mm -hmm. what, what were those hard things kind of figuring yourself out in the room? And, you know, it, it kind mm -hmm. of is when you get out there. 
you walk into an unfamiliar room and it's an unfamiliar room and then you do it a million times and every room is familiar you can control everything in in the absence of your control you 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 you're you're their your own puppet master and everything is going smoothly because you've done it for so long but it takes a long time so for you how long did it take for you to get kind of comfortable with the whole process you know what i had really bad nerves i was like i if I could have taken a Valium before I walk into auditions, I should have, because I would get in those rooms and I would start shaking and you can't do that when you're singing. And I was not breathing. I remember one Jersey boys. I went for Jersey boys also a lot. And I remember one time I went in there and I just, I couldn't breathe. I was like, so no notes were coming out. I was cracking all over the place. And I called my mom hysterically crying in Times Square. Cause that's where those casting out. I was in Times Square. I sat on one of those, <clears> like, those those blocks, you know, that like yep. the, yeah, yeah. The, to people. For, I sat on those blocks and I just sobbed in Times Square. My mom was like, "I'm never going to make it. This, this is never going to happen for me." See, I Kelsey, sobbed. I can't breathe. Kel- Kelsey sobbed <laughs> on the block. I smoked cigarettes on the block. Right. I know. The, I know the building too. You walk up the building. There's yep. a perfectly good block. Yep. Light up a cigarette. <laughs> yes. and say fuck it all. <laughs> right before you get back on the subway to go back to your shitty yeah. apartment somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Yep. What so I life. think the cha- the challenge was my nerves and just like all the rejection. And I just, I, I could knew in the room that like, it wasn't good enough. Right. I really struggled with my own mind telling me that I wasn't good enough constantly. And that's something I, I don't even know if I'm over it to this day, but that's something that I had to, to quiet for sure. Okay. So what, how did you have the goal to continue despite the negative thoughts in your head were you on a force that was just kind of pushing you that that's at least for me every time i was screwing up i didn't have a choice i i was just pushed by this thing continually yeah. did you have that um yeah. or were you were you tempted to quit altogether when things got real bad um i think it was a little bit of both i definitely always had this like you know okay you wake up you do it again another audition comes in okay let's try this again it definitely was something that was there it also was my awesome parents my awesome support my awesome husband like everyone's like you cannot give up right like there is no reason for you to think that this is not possible so it was a combination of both and yeah so, and even now it's just like okay you do up you set the thing and this and you do learn the lines and then you just go even if you know whatever so I, I think it was a little bit of both of those two things that kept me going but every day i still want to fucking quit this thing like that i don't think that goes away i'm not gonna lie i don't think that goes away until maybe you're like you know fucking meryl streep or something i don't know <laughs> it's funny you say that because there's an imposter syndrome article and meryl streep is right in there along with tom hanks and a bunch of other people um, and it's, yeah. it's a new article and they're all talking about how they're a fraud and they're terrible. And so yeah. if you think that yeah. you, you just asked, will that ever go away? I don't think it will. Um, I think it's I your either. strength to overcome it and to dumb it down and to turn down the volume that increases that, yeah. that gets, yes, better. yes, wow. I agree. This is crazy. I, agree. I just, can't. Yeah. musical theater is something that is so difficult compared to film and TV. Oh yes, it absolutely is. That is like the that's one of the reasons why i don't do it anymore <laughs> because it is so those on the, the last Broadway show i did um before i left um broadway was chicago um that was it's a 20 something year old musical there are some not original castmates but there are people that have been in that show for 20 years um and it and i 
it was a very interesting experience, but it shows you like those people work so hard. They work so, so hard. And it's a very glamorous, unglamorous life, right? Especially ensemble swing life. Like it's not very glamorous. You do the grunt work. You have to show up every day. You have to show up for rehearsals. And, you know, it, it was, it was, those people work so hard. And they are, they are truly the heroes of theater because it is a very, very hard, unforgiving job. It's not easy. And it breaks your body down and no one really cares. You're so, not only your body, but you're, having to be your voice, your body, you have to be on top yes. of it all the Yes, all the time. time. And you TV get and film is totally one day different. Off. You don't need that endurance. Yeah. Exactly. That too. Yep. TV yep. and film is a totally different kind of endurance compared to, yep. you know, yep. major yeah, musical yeah. theater tours and Broadway. <laughs> But it's um, a pedigree, so isn't it, though? Like, it's, it's what are you made for? What are you made for? I, you know, I thrive mm -hmm. in this environment, mm -hmm. and you thrive in that yep. environment, and you're pursuing Absolutely. your thing, and I'm pursuing mine, you know? Yep. And they love it. Especially, like, the, like, that, I can speak to that show specifically. Like, those people, they love, they love it. They love the grunt work of it all. They love the eight shows a week, right? Like, it is adrenaline for them, and that's why some of them have been in that show for so long. Um. It is, it is kind of like a, a golden ticket to some degree, right? You can stay in that show forever, and then you don't have to go to EPA. You don't have to put yourself out there. You have a steady, you know, nine nine to five. Yeah, so. and that, that's just the uh, – if that's if that's their thing, like that's the equivalent of like when I first started, I was going all over the Midwest, living out of my car, going from set to set. I thought it was the coolest fucking sure. thing in the world. I was like, this is amazing. Sure. And some of my friends are like, what the hell are you doing? What, you're never at home. You're always somewhere. I thought it was amazing. And yeah. it really is like who you are and what you're capable of and what you love, That that's going to be in tune with your path. And when I started doing, yep. going out for those EPAs, I'm not, I wasn't, I had to do it just to do it and to say that that wasn't my thing. But I, I did yep. it and it wasn't working because I was not that I was not built for that. That just wasn't my thing, yep. you know? So yep. interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So when did your medium start to turn? What was your what were the bookings <clears throat> that started to kind of begin your yeah. new horizon there? Um, well, I what was I doing? The first TV job I ever booked was a co-star on Blue Bloods. Um, I don't actually remember oh, what I was blue, doing. I under, really under five. It was a couple of, just a couple yeah, of. Yeah, it was, oh, I think I had blood. two lines. I had two lines. I was a secretary for Tom Selleck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was like that the first time times. ever being on set. Oh yeah. It's, it's, and I can never go in for it ever again because I was on that one episode. Like they will never, so ever see me ever again for it. <laughs> Some uh, some uh, shows are very strict about that, and others are like, "We've gone through everybody in New York. We need them again." It was five years ago. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, right. yes, that's yes. <laughs> we'll get that's actually what happened with Bull. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, um, but so I, well, during Bullets, I booked Power. I booked an episode of Power, and that was supposed to be a day player one one day in and out. Um, and like maybe two weeks later, the, the showrunner called and was like, oh, we really liked Kelsey. Can she come back? But I was in rehearsals for Bullets and they wouldn't let me out. So I had to turn it That's down. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's rehearsal. So, I know. I know. But they were not. I signed a contract like they were. I would have had to miss the whole day of rehearsal. And yeah. it was not. They just weren't feeling it. So I had to say. Okay, well, you know, I did my job, right? They liked me enough. Like, 
Wasn't yeah. even expecting that. It was supposed to be one episode. Um, so then, and how was your? I how were you? How were you on set as a, as a former, primarily theater actress, um, on set? I know it's a completely different world. So, huh? how were you on Blue Bloods? Powerful, as you started. Um, I, so I remember Power specifically because Blue Bloods. It was you know like they don't talk to co like it was just like you do it great you said your lines thank you so much like have a nice day thank you for joining um, us today bye yeah you know. yeah it's very yeah. much it's very and that's fine right like that's the role you're there to play like it doesn't even like get me that's your job that's your job that day um but power i remember the director like after the first take i'm like never like the camera was on me i was like oh god what is happening um and he looked at me he goes i see i, I like all the things you're doing he's like but I need them all inside your head. It's like I can see too much stuff going on on the outside. So I was I'm probably sorry, like, I come from theater. <laughs> I was probably doing so Here much. are your papers. Yes, yes. Mr. I was like wiping down the bar. Like I was probably doing Just so, so much. Just you don't need to hit the back of the house. The camera's oh, right yes. <laughs> yes. So I remember that so very well in my brain. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah, so um, I had Come to dial it theater. back. In it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. nice though because yeah. here you are making these mistakes, you know, from day one all through now, yeah. and like, or yeah. until then. Um, and it's okay. You're making mistakes, and it's not like you can you make a mistake and you're done forever. You make a mistake, and if you're here right. and you're here for a reason and you are good, then you're gonna figure yeah. out those mistakes, and you know you're in development yep. and all that stuff. So, um, yep. you know, yep. nice and that was they called me back. They called right. me back. I thought I was like, oh, I suck. They're like, no, we wanted her to come back. I was like, okay, great. So I didn't do whatever they wanted me to do in season one. I only did one episode. And then in season two, they brought me back in a more um, recurring-ish role. Um, season two and season three, I forget. Um, but yeah, so I that was the first time like, oh, someone's asked me to come back and I, didn't even, I wasn't even supposed to come back. So maybe there's something here to this. Um, and what do you yeah, think? So you that was did? the first. Did you do anything like, you know, is there anything that you think you did as a person on set that, say, another person could have easily screwed up? Were you, you know, it was it you being personable? Was it you being warm and uh, and prepared and all that stuff, or was it just yeah? They just called me back. No, I I do think it was partially like my character really fit into their world and the way I was able to portray. Like, I think that 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 character of Dominique really fit into the, the world of power. Um, I also think it was I do think and now that I've been on many more sets, I do think it is how you treat the people. I think it's how you talk to the people behind this camera behind, on, you know, everywhere. Right. I I really think that it's very important. Um, especially when you're coming in for these smaller, like you are not, you are a guest in someone's house. So I think you need to be on your best behavior. And like, it's a, it's a, it is the best. Like being on set is truly the best, right? Like how much more juicy does that, right? You get fed all day. You get, you know, like, like there's, there's really no, you can't have any problems on set. So I'm generally always in a good mood when I'm there. Like there are no problems in my life at that moment. Right. We right. talk about so. this all the time on the show where, you know, um, people go in for something and they think, oh, it's just one episode, you do your day, and you move on. <laughs> and then it becomes a recurring thing. We've had a lot of people on recently who this has also been yeah. their story, and they were like, I just 
thought it was my one day and then they brought it back. And, you know, there is something to be said, as you were just saying about when you're on set, and we say this a lot on the show, you do long hours on TV. Mm -hmm. And those people Mm -hmm. are together so much. You want people who are nice and easy to work with and who are professional and respectful and talk to each, you know what I mean? Like you want those people on set. So you probably just had a killer day. You already fit in and they were like, we really like Kelsey. She's nice to have on set because when you work, you know, TV, you can have a 16 hour day. You want to be surrounded by people you don't hate. Yeah. Yeah. It's really true. And I, so I, I, I don't, I was to say what contributed to them asking me to come back, but I know that that nothing like that hurt me. You know what I mean? Like, I know I was very, and I just really, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Especially I was in, still in a, my Broadway show at that point. So I was like, Oh, this is nice. <laughs> Did you think Kelsey that it was starting to knock on your door? The idea that this, this medium that you'd never really thought to enter before could be a little more, not more, could be adventurous and exciting in this other thing. Did you think that maybe you were going to transition into that? I definitely think the seed was planted. For sure. I think the seed was planted. I, I think I'm even going to call my agents like, oh, I want to do more of this. Can we get more auditions? Because yeah, I still was check, barely going in. When that check in. comes in and you log those hours, it's like, oh, okay. For one <laughs> like, day? Wait a minute. <laughs> Eight shows a week? It one keeps day coming? Of work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you get residuals on it later. Yeah, Yeah. you certainly did. Not everyone tells you about that. My one-liner on Blue Buds. (laughs) One-liner on Unforgettable a gazillion years ago. I just got new residuals for it the other day. And you're like, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Adam would have died if not for those residuals. (laughs) Who would have starved longer? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Well, um, (laughs) I know you, you started booking... TV, it sounds like left and right, the Deuce, Gotham, Power, Dietland, yeah. Bossy Verdon, uh, Bull, Blue Bloods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things yeah. were going pretty well for you. What about the theater end? Uh, sprinkled in those TV uh, gigs, were you still doing stage? Yeah, I was doing stage up and through. Up and through. I don't, I think it was after my first time on Bull. My first time on Bull, I think that was towards the end of my, my tenure at Chicago. And then I left Chicago, and then maybe a few months later, I booked my first episode of Gotham. And Gotham was also supposed to be, I think I was supposed to have one or two episodes. That was now, I, I walked into that situation thinking like, okay, I'll just come play for it. Like, I think it was two. I think I remember on the breakdown, it was like, this character gets two. It was just a fill-in for Donald. That was really the only reason why I was there. And yeah, then I was what, just, before you 20s, hopped on, I was telling Tommy about that, that there was a little, yeah, there was a little break on set with Donald and I, they were like, yeah. well, Ben's got to talk to someone. You know, <laughs> yeah, turns, out, yeah. uh, turns out it was 22 yeah. episodes and not just one. Yeah, yeah. And they just, and there was, it was still, it was always like, I was always so like relieved when I came back because there was still never any talk about it. It was just like, okay, thanks so much. And then I'd go home and I was like, okay. And then it was like, they'd call again. It's like, oh, I'm coming back. And then that was it. Okay, see you later. It's like, so there was never any like, besides from like the costume people and like the hair and makeup, you're like, oh, you're in, you're in the next episode, right? I would never know in advance, like technically. It was uh. always like, 
You might see me again. You might never see me again. Really? So you do an episode and you'd be like, in the back of my mind, I think that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Until the until the last the last season, they started cluing me in more. Like, I would know, mm. like, okay, we'll see you in this, this, and this episode. But I still was always, like, kind of, like, fishing. I would, like, make friends with, like, the PA. Be like, hey, do you see me in the next, like, couple scripts? You know, because I still hey, do. Hey, do you have one-liners and dudes <laughs> for the next episode? Yeah. <laughs> I would, like, really, like, make friends with those those people because those are, you know, that's how I got the inside information because they wouldn't tell my agents. I would never really know. So. Oh, my God. You're like, here's my email address. Yeah. You just forward me one-liners <laughs> yeah. and you get them. And I yeah. The yeah. I literally would do that. I would do that with some of the ADs. I'd be like, just let me know if you see my name on the one-liner. So, and yeah. When, did, crazy. when did you come to a point where you were going to move? Was the move to L.A. fairly recent? Yes. The move to L.A. was pandemic move. We yeah, have been man. pandemic living. Um, yeah, because I just, I had a baby through mm -hmm. the pandemic. Um, and, you know, this is still, I think this is still technically a temporary move. Like, we don't know exactly, but it was just like, let's get out of here right now while we can be anywhere, right? Like, the coasts have fallen. There is no more. You need to be here. You need to be there, right? You can be pandemic literally anywhere. Employment. Yeah, that pandemic was nice while it lasted. No, you were <laughs> like, I was employed. Sorry. No, no, I was, I, I'm still in a bout of unemployment. Oh, I've been great. unemployed the whole pandemic. Yeah, whole yeah. pandemic. It's, that's, this is the longest unemployment bout I've had in a while. See everybody? Um, it's tough. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's like, okay, how do you, how do you, it's, it's been tough. Because now you're just doing all these freaking self-tapes from home. And it's like a whole other thing. So I'm in this new, like, learning curve slash, like, mental battle with myself because I've been unemployed. And it's fucking hard. <laughs> it is. Now, let me tell you this. I love self-tapes. He loves self-tapes. Oh, and and I, don't, I don't mind them, but let me tell you, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I, I have, we have a friend uh, in Chicago, and he booked a, a little TV thing. And his audition, uh, he has a child at home, self-tape land. Mm -hmm. So the audition yep. where he was a, bank, a banker at a little you know, computer, and he was talking to the star, whatever. He decides to, the baby's going nuts. So he just decides to do the scene with the baby as he's the banker. I and fucking you know love what? it. He got booked because they were just like, <laughs> I love the authenticity. I love the unique choice. Use. Yeah. Just try it. Yeah. Try it. I love it. So I, it's, yeah, absolutely. So I actually, it's, the ink's not dry yet, so I can't, but I, there's something that I have, the first off I booked in these past two years, and one, it, I like rewatched the tape, and you can hear my child screaming in the background. He screams in probably at least 30% of all my self-tapes, he's talking in the background in, in the office, so I... We I have just, to distract it, Bentley with treats and shit, and you can hear him munching yes, on like every yes, fucking tape I do, and you hear his absolutely. dog tags going... It's just the world yeah. we live in. You're at home. It's the you know? world. We I don't live have a private in. Yeah. studio. Yeah. I kind of like it. I think it's really good because what it does is it reminds whoever's watching that this is not the real thing. And when they hear the dog, yeah. they whatever, they're like, well, I still believe them. And I hear the freaking the dog hacking up a chicken bone or something. And it's like, all right, well, yeah. it takes down the stakes of, of this scene, how important and perfect it is. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, it's great. I think it's awesome. It's a game changer for a lot of people. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be booking a lot more. See, it's kind of been the opposite for me. <laughs> I have same. not been booked. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I haven't booked as much. <laughs> same. I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but. it's it's I it's a tough. I'm an, I'm and I think that people don't talk about it, right? Everyone always talks about their bookings. Like people don't talk about the icky, the, the the tough moments when you're unemployed. It's like this is tough. I'm I'm in it right now. I'm in the thick of it. It's like okay, do I? But again, it's like the thing we talked about earlier. Like there's something just in me. It's like okay, another self tape comes in. Okay, let me put on my makeup. Let me do that. Let me set up the camera. Okay, bam, boom, we're done. You know, that's the pro understanding. Yeah. It's like, I'm not here for the sunny yeah. days. I'm here for the days yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. much of this business is a mentality and a certain, uh, you know, how you view situations. And like for me, during the pandemic, with all of this, you know, I've booked one thing during the pandemic, but also during the pandemic, I've auditioned more than I have ever in my career. Sure. It's just constantly. Sure. So there's also that piece of my brain going, well, remember the years when we weren't in a pandemic and it was just so slow and I had 10 auditions for the whole year and now I have like mm -hmm. 10 in a month and a half and it's just, like, it's constant. Yes. And I go, you know, I, I literally, I, I throw my sides away when I send my tape and I, I truly forget about it because it is really just on to the next one, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll be like, yep. what did I do on Monday? What? Wait, I... I forgot yep. if I hear back from something, what the you hell was reminded. that show that yeah. we, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> my boyfriend, yeah. Patrick, he remembers everything and he'll be like, <laughs> no, on Monday we did this movie and then that TV show. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I just forget it. But, um, yep. no, but it, it's that mentality for me of the positivity of, I get another chance. Oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah. because when, yeah. when you have those dry spells and you're just like, wow, another week without even wanting to be seen. That to me is worse yeah. than constantly doing it and not booking. And two, like I, I sure. see casting, casting directors here in New York. And I'm like, holy shit. I remember years ago when I was going in for, you know, no dialogue co-stars and then it was one line and then it was, and now I'm going in for big stuff for them. And I'm like, all right, at least I'm being seen now and they're liking it and they're rooting mm -hmm. for me and they're bringing mm -hmm. me back. And, but instead of the yep. beating myself up of, well, shit, why am I not getting anything? You know, I always just have to remind myself, at least you're being seen. Right. Because somebody else, that is not their situation. And it, that's the positivity sure. that I have to, you know, cause it's, sure. it, it fucks with your mind. Yeah. All of yeah. this. It does. You know? It does. Um, yep. Kelsey, I, I know you've, um, you've got to get to your fam over there, but just, um, kind of, uh, wrapping things up. I, I feel <laughs> like you have, um, withstood a lot and I'd love to know if you like, what did you learn most about yourself and about the process of all this? What were the things that you would like maybe tell another person even who is entering to expect these things, the goods and the bads and what did you really experience these last 10, 15, whatever years you've been pursuing it? Um, I think one of the things I always tell like people that are crying, like, oh, I want to get into this, blah, blah. My biggest thing is like, you got to fucking train. Because if you're not training, if you're not taking class, it's just you're not you're not telling the universe that this is what you want to do. Right. You're telling the universe like, oh, this is something that I expect to happen because I want to do it. No, no. If you want to do this, you need to get in class because I 
think that that keeps you sharp and 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 malleable and just it doesn't matter what kind of class it can be i don't care it doesn't matter but if you're not putting in that if you're not putting out that energy to the universe then i don't think the universe is going to grant you with what you you what you're seeking that's my that's personal amazing opinion. i like that so like asserting asserting whatever it is to the universe and in, in terms of your act yeah. your actions and your behavior and your goals yes. and your whatever you're doing every day, the EPA at four in the morning, you are telling the universe, yes. I'm taking my number today again. Yes. Whether I get yes. it or not, I'm doing it again. Yes. And I'm just letting you know yes. I'm still here and I'm still going. That's amazing. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's like really, truly what I've, because I just, I, I've also, you know, like people reach out or like, oh, can you, you know, set me up with your manager? Can you, can, I need an agent of all of us. Like, Jesus well, Christ. do you have, do you, yeah, it really still happens. <laughs> I hate like, it. Well, I hate it have, so much. Oh, it's insane. And it's just like, no, no, I don't have, I'm still, I'm still hustling. I'm still busting my butt. I'm getting out the, like, I'm still putting in so much work. And I think people don't talk about that. They just talk about the instant gratification of it all. And it's like, you still have to want this. Like we were talking, you have, there's gotta be something in here that makes you just, nothing's going to stop you. And, and I think that is not just talking about it. That is putting in the work that's going to classes that's showing up to EPAs. That's doing the grunt work. That's taking the class that, you know, so I don't know. I feel like there's been so much um, change from obviously like I haven't even talked about that stuff, like all those like early auditions, like to now, like that seems like a lifetime ago. But I think that you just I think I've just built this thick, 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 thick skin and you have to have it. And I think the only way you have it is if you learn and if you learn new things, you learn new techniques, you try new teachers, you, you know, take a class, you do this, you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail. You fail. Never yeah. stop. So learning. it's just lots of failure. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I think it's the, the, you're, you're falling in love, not with the, pers not with the booking, but the, with the pursuit of the booking, the, the pursuit mm -hmm. of it, the, the day in and day out love of the process, not just the, like yep. you're talking about the instant gratification. Here you go. This is the, yep. the role. It's, it's yeah. everything else. Yeah. And, and sometimes it happens for somebody, right? Somebody gets right. a random job or they get it like that totally happens. But, I think that the people that make it in this industry that are still standing in this industry are the people that have really put in the work and have the cuts and bruises to show for it, you know? Oh yeah. It's a long game. It's a long, it's a long game. It takes endurance and you know, yeah. it, it isn't, uh, you know, uh, like you just said for certain people, yes, it happens. But for the majority yes. of actors, it's not, yes. you, know, you kicked ass in college. You did a great showcase. You got your agent. And yeah. then you were just hitting the yeah. ground running. Like right. it takes a yeah. lot of fucking endurance and you have to think, yeah, maybe this is going to happen in 12 years. I'll be there. I will. And that's fucking terrifying to people. I'm, and I get it. I'm but. 15 years <laughs> in the game. Like I'm 50. Like it's like, I, I don't have my series regular credit yet. I'm still, I'm still pushing to make that happen. You know, it's like, but I have to believe that it's going to happen, but I have to put of in the course. work. I'm in the class again. I'm in the, this, I'm doing that. I'm meeting this part, you know? Mm -hmm. So amazing. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Kelsey, where can people find you if they want to stalk you on uh, social? Kind of on Instagram at, at Kelsey Griffin. <laughs> um, it's like, it's just baby photos. Enjoy. <laughs> it's a lot of baby photos and like throwbacks. Um, but right. we're getting there. We may be <laughs> working on it. Um, and 
yeah, that's 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 how you find me. That's the link to everything. That's where that's the most information about me is on Instagram at Kelsey. Yeah. Griffin. And so, um, and I yeah. know you said that we're in a drought, which I am too. But anything that you yes. are 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 looking ahead to planning, writing, um, anything that might be coming out or in the works. Yeah, um, I do. I actually just I have, I have officially booked my first job out of my two year drought. Um, but I cannot talk about it because the ink's not dry yet. Yeah, of uh, course. But that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I'm very excited. And it's like, okay, this is why this is why we practice all this stuff. Like, okay. Uh, but it's still like it is Yay. a job. It is, you know, probably be a, yeah. a week or two of shooting and then I will go back to the hustle. So kill it. But yeah, I'm so I'm excited to just have that kind of relief of this drought. So. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. So I will. Onto, when I onto can. great things and exciting things in a new yeah. life in LA. So um, we wish you all the best yeah. and, and thank you so much. Thank you guys. By. And congratulations. I, I, you know, I feel like you just, you have so much ahead of you. Like since yeah. you, thank you, you know, got into Gotham and, you know, one episode at a time, I feel like you've just had this really fabulous momentum. And then, you know, it happened to everyone, this global event that has shaped the world happened, yeah. you know, which is so yes. utterly out of everyone's hands. But that aside, yes. I think you have this fantastic on-screen momentum going for you. And we are yeah. so excited to see everything you do next. Thanks hey, for hanging this out. This was fun. Thanks for having Thank me. Take care. And hi to Bye. Jackson. <laughs> Bye. Oh, yes. He says hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, he Kelsey. He says a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's a strong woman. Uh, she has thick, yeah. thick skin. I mean, like the stuff that she had to do. And I, we mentioned a little bit the difference of the TV film auditions and the musical theater auditions. You don't have that TV and film. You don't get there at four in the morning to sign up. You're just there. It's 15 minutes. You pop out. It's a scene or two, maybe three. And that's it. But it really is such a bitch. And when you push through it and you see people who have done that and experienced it and just um, continued, you know, and persevered. It's pretty incredible. And she's going to be a wonderful, she's going to be a wonderful mother. She's going to be a grandmother and she's going to be this extremely uh, strong female in her family. And simply because one, yeah, I'm sure natural, her natural um, attributes, but it's acting that really for her did thicken up her skin, wisen her up make her a hard worker who believes in the universe and good things and all that stuff. And it's cool to see that something that is really difficult to do can make you into something wonderful, you know? Yeah. And I think she has a really wonderful perspective on, you know, keeping going. And I really, I really do think she has so much ahead of her. Yeah. She's going to do some really incredible things in the years to come. So she, and she deserves it. She's a very hard worker. No kidding, man. All right, friends and neighbors. Well, uh, you can find out more about Before the Break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Pod and Working Actor Pro. Check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com and follow him at that Adam DeCarlo. You can see my stuff at tommybeardmore.com. Follow me at Tommy Beyond. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, and write a review. If you like what you heard, check back next week for an all-new episode with an all-new guest. Adam? All right, Tommy. See you next time. Adios. Bye.
You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.